You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. What was this weekend? You, you came to see the show again. We did see the show again. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that? Yeah, it was oh, Thursday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was man. That seems like so long ago. It, it does. Even better the second happened. time. Yeah, yeah. You think so? I think so because uh, it's like you know what's going to happen. I was having a rough week. You know when you can go to the restroom. Everything. Every time after. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. no! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We sat through after Thursday. Well, let me tell you. On my way home from work on Thursday, I sprained my ankle. What? Sprained oh, my that's ankle. right. Yeah. That happened at the performance we were at. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sprained my ankle driving home. <laughs> it's a, it takes a, quite a talent to be able to yeah, injure oneself while immobile. I don't know if it's because of the way I naturally sit. I put my legs up underneath the chairs that I sit in, so I try to do that mm. when I'm in a car. Mm. So I was I had my Wait. foot kind of on the side. So you got your left foot, you're sitting on it? I, with no, your well, right I, put, leg? I put my left foot. You see how I'm kind of sitting right now? Like I'll put my feet underneath the chair. Oh, like you got a little, uh, little Indian so, style. So I kind of, I kind of do this when I'm driving. I'll mm-hmm. put it over like along the side, but at an angle. At an angle, and so I went to straighten it, and then like I felt my ankle just like like something popped in it, Ooh. and then like yeah. it hurt. And about thirty minutes, forty five minutes later, my foot was numb. Wow. Like, everything was numb. This was before the performance. This was before the performance. Well, that's great. It's not like you have to move around a lot right? during that show. So, uh, so about. Well, my first scene, I go out on stage and I realize, wow, I'm feeling a little woozy. Like I might, oh no, I might pass out or something. What's going on here? And so my foot is still numb. I decide after I finish my first scene, that's it for me for that act. So I'm able to kind of, I took my shoe off and took a look, mm-hmm. and my foot was like swollen. <gasps> was it really, really swollen? Holy up. shit! My stage manager looks. She's like, "What did you do?" And I told her, "I was like, wow. it happened driving." You hit it well, man. Yeah. It's so that adrenaline. So we uh, we go through the rest of the show. She's like, "Okay, so you need to like do the whole rest ice." compression and elevation haven't been able to do any of that i still haven't been able to do really any of that so my my ankle still kind of hurts is it right swollen now. though still i it, probably a little bit okay but um i was afraid i had broken something <laughs> that seems nigh impossible to do like without some other force against I, it i guess man i don't know but yeah, like for the past three, four performances of the show. Oh no! Every time I go out on stage, I feel a little woozy, and then there's that bit where I play like the dude from the Insane Asylum, and I yes. I dance with Lauren. Yes, you do. And I'm like, oh my god! Oh no, that is not. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, like, didn't something happen like opening night or the first performance where uh, you thought you had injured yourself? Um. Oh god, I can't even you remember at this point. It I'm thinking this, of your Die Hard, the show. Die Hard show. Yeah. Yeah. Where you I kept did fucking up my knees and stuff. I spent that, that I spent that entire run hurt. Just <laughs> hurt. And it's gonna be coming back this holiday season. No way. Yeah. Oh cool. Uh for it's not it's not official mm-hmm. official, okay. but it's pretty much So we shouldn't like broadcast it to uh, a wide I mean, audience. Maybe of people. maybe to to our Would five care. listeners. Okay. <laughs> um, hey no, we're close to four thousand. Thanks everybody for listening, shit, by the way. Four thousand. Uh, well it's probably um bots. Twenty people. Yeah. <laughs> they're all in Russia. <laughs> we're huge in Russia. That's right. We're big. We're big in Lithuania. They love the editing bay. They're trying to get us to come out there do a live show. Yeah. Do a live show. We want you to talk about Ishtar in Mother Russia. 
podcast record you. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so I had that. Um, but yeah, the rest of the uh, the rest of the run this past weekend was a little bit rough. Here's part of the thing that I run into with a, a show like this that involves you know some improvisation and stuff. Um, that I I feel like a show that involves the audience. Mm-hmm. It requires you to kind of remain fresh at all times. Oh yeah. And I never want to happen. I never want to repeat a bit because I feel like that's that's bullshit. <laughs> it was definitely a different show this time than it was the first time. So I know the improvisation stuff uh, has, it, it, at least in in previous weeks, it had frustrated some of my fellow performers. Okay, well, um, listen, but that's what people go for. People like the most entertaining parts of that show. I'm sorry, it was written a long time ago, right? And so, yeah, it was so it was written a while. The ago. laughs uh, aren't really coming fast and furious. Like it's like a good five minutes before you're like, oh yeah, this is a melodrama. I'm, I'm, a, a... I'm gonna be com- I'm gonna be completely honest. Okay. Cut um, this part out, Jeff. Cut this part. Out. They they are at their heart. They're they're humorous scripts, mm-hmm. but they don't stand the test of time very well. No, uh, the formula. They're all pretty formulaic. Of these, course, these scripts that were written by uh, uh, he used to be one of the owners of the Pocket Sandwich Theater. He passed away uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Dickinson, uh, and he was a talented writer, and he had. He had a sweet spot. He had a a certain thing that he did, and he hey. did it. He did it pretty well. The thing is, just like with movies, and just like with TV shows, just like music, entertainment evolves. Thing goes. Things go on. Things yeah. go on. Things evolve. Things grow. Audiences become a little bit more intelligent, mm-hmm. uh, and so your comedy has to be a little bit smarter sometimes. Uh, there are some things that I, that the pocket does that it, I I understand their tradition, but I. I think that in a way, and this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe they're a little outdated. Like Holding the, themselves back. The sing-along at the beginning of the show, Yeah, I feel like it's not a horrible thing, mm-hmm. but what? it's not necessary. One song is enough, One I would say. One song is enough. I enjoy Maneater because it's funny, it's kind of, uh, it's contemporary, and sure. it kind of sets you up, but uh-huh. uh, yo-ho-ho-ho. Blow the man down. A pirate's life for me. Mm-hmm. And it has no place. It doesn't. It thought. really, it really doesn't. Uh, but it will for the next show, uh, Captain Blood. The the yeah. pirate melodrama. You in that one? No, I auditioned. They didn't. Mm. They didn't cast me. Oh, it, because of your improv? I don't Psst, know. Don't bring that guy back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, he goes off book too much. I'm gonna be very honest. My my audition. I tanked the audition for that. Oh, really? It was really bad. Like I, I went in to read, and uh, the director was like, "Okay, uh, I'd like for you to read this, and I want you to be, you know, you, this character thinks he's royalty. All right, so make fun of royalty." And I was like, "Well, wait a minute. If I think I'm royalty." Why, would, why would you be make making fun, fun of it? Of it? Yeah. And so he's like, I want you to just like, you know, hold on to every word and really like, you know, it, just chew it up. And I tried to do that, but I also made him very loud. Ah. Uh, and then he asked me to read a, a pirate character. Mm-hmm. And immediately, instead of a pirate voice, my yeah. Jean Parmine French accent <laughs> came out. Hey, there are French pirates. I Listen, know. Jean Lafitte. Uh but it wasn't what he was looking for, obviously. Right. So I knew I hadn't done well in the audition. But as I left, I kind of was holding out hope that, all right, this is a guy who's come to see Sweeney Todd twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows my body of work. We've worked together before. So he knows what I'm capable yes, of. Yeah, you can so be molded, directed. There are, there are like 11, 12 male characters in this pirate show. They need all the help Four they can or get. five females. So I'm thinking, okay, I've got to at least be within like the top yeah. 10, maybe. And I wasn't. And I understand. You know, it, it, I, I tank the audition. If you're going from the merits of the audition, then no, I don't deserve it. Well, I will not be attending the next performance then. <laughs> I can tell you that right okay. now. 
No Joe Coutinati, no Joel Burnson in the seats. <laughs> That's what I say. No vegan diet, no vegan powers. No vegan powers. Uh, so, no, it's been it's been a nice run. I got to tell you, uh, it might be a blessing in disguise that I didn't get cast. Because yeah, this will be uh, this two run, shows you've done in, in, in 2018 alone, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and then right on the heels of doing one at the end of 2017. That's right. It's the most that I've done in a while. Like, I really haven't been Joe the actor in a long time, mm-hmm. and so it's been... It's been fun kind of revisiting that, but honestly, this run, the Sweeney Todd run, is maybe two weeks too long. Yeah, uh, man, that's a long time to go for the show. But you know what? Packed crowd when we saw it this last yeah, Thursday. We, so uh, get your tickets, listeners. Because I, think it's, I think the rest of the run is it sold, sold out? out. Well, you're fucked, listeners. You waited too long. <laughs> this is what you get for waiting. Maybe get on the, the list, pocketsandwich.com. There and, you go. Uh, and get on the list. Prepare for Die Hard in so, uh, winter 2018. Slay hard with a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> I better get my knees ready. Yeah. Uh, She's in some rehab, buddy. Yeah, dude. So, uh, okay. Mm. So this past weekend. Yeah. I uh, I found a little bit of time. Joe, what'd you do this past weekend? Uh, I'm about to tell you. No, I know, I know, but you, I never get to ask. You're always the one asking. Well, now I, I I'm the one who knocks now. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I'm the captain. I'm now. the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that all, the memes for that always make me laugh. Yes. And I was just thinking about that after Infinity War. Like, yes. <laughs> I just really wanted there to be that guy just shows up as Captain America sitting there like, Look oh god, and I wanted that dude just to show up and go. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, so, uh, so no, this weekend I found a little bit of time. I decided to try to go see a movie. Mm. I was in the mood for something mindless. I wanted, right. I, I wanted to go see Rampage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rampage or maybe the new Pacific Rim. But the, uh, movie, I can get that for you. the movie pass app mm-hmm. was showing that Rampage was in the theater near us. Perfect. Uh, and so I was like, fuck it. You know what? Sarah said she was going to go run some errands. She was like, do you want to come with us or do you want to stay here? I was like, you know what? I think I'll stay. In fact, I think I might go see a movie. They're showing Rampage. You don't want to see that. I want to because I love mindless popcorn films yeah. too. Uh, You're like Don Draper in that way. Like you'll just uh, go in an afternoon and see a random movie to, a to movie. clear your mind. So I get to the theater and um, they're not showing Rampage. Uh-oh. They're, Rampage isn't at the theater at all. <laughs> the movie pass uh-huh. did not pass. They passed. <laughs> they no, passed no, on Rampage. Passed away. I was like, really? This movie based on a video game? This one didn't make it? Uh, <laughs> but it's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. I know, right? It's got to run for at it's least gotta be six great. weeks. So, uh, so instead, my two other options were either to see The Greatest Showman which I've heard a lot of stuff. Is that a lot of good still in theaters? Was yeah. this a well, dollar theater? No, no, no. Joe? Across the street, I'm lucky enough that I have that UA Galaxy near me. Are you lucky? And then right across the street, I've got the uh, Cinemark Tinseltown 15, mm. the uh, the dollar theater. Yeah. And so I ran over to the dollar theater Scoff. where they had. I know, dude. I didn't want to go over to. to <laughs> oh, it's cute. If I go to Draft House, I'm dropping another extra twenty, thirty bucks right now. Oh, and oh financially, just because I just of the food and everything. Yeah, I can't That's true. right now. All right, fair uh, enough. So. uh so instead, I use my movie pass. I sneak in my own snacks and my water. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Uh, so this theater was showing The Greatest Showman, which I kind of... Have you seen it yet? No. I hear it's great. I hear it's great, too. And The Showman. It just didn't look like the kind of... Yeah, it's not it's what you... It's The Greatest. It just didn't seem like the kind of thing I wanted to see alone. <laughs> you know, it's like going to see Moulin Rouge by yourself. Who would be in that theater at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday? Uh, well, this was Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you get a lot of, like, Paul... Uh, Newman? No. <laughs> Rubens. Paul Rubens. Yeah. Just in masturbating a, in the, the bearded row. lady. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, they were showing that, and then they were showing Annihilation. Oh, the Natalie Portman sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, what's his name? The makers uh, of... Uh, uh, what's his... Oh, God, what's... I'll look it up. G- Gary or... Busey, that's right. Yeah, G- Gary Busey. Uh, Annihilation. Uh, 
stands for. Yeah, make a, make an acronym <laughs> out of that. Go. I, another night, <laughs> nearly in love. Well, there's an H in there, but uh, it's okay. Having, I understand. <laughs> oh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is in this as well. Yes, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson and uh, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie Portman. You see the way like Jennifer Dameron throws her hands in the air when I say that she is. Uh, she's not quite sure Who, what I see. The, in the Tessa writer Thompson. director of this. Uh, his name. Is Robert Paulson? Robert no. Paulson. Alex Garland. <laughs> okay, Alex Garland. Yes, who, who brought us Ex Machina? Yeah, he did. Um, so I was like, "Fuck it!" You know what? I'll, I'll go see this. Based on the trailers, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of out on it. It but was, was coming like, up against know, Black Panther, and so it kind of got buried. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people. Well, and and the publicity wasn't doing it any favors, honestly. And for what I what I know of the film, which hopefully, by the way, please do not spoil this. I'm not going to spoil uh, it, listeners. Don't worry, he won't spoil it because uh, I will I will beat you. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm not. Gonna I spoil really want to see it. I, I do hear wanna, it's great. I do want to say that there's an interesting thing that happens to a person when you go to a movie mm-hmm. and you are you want something mindless, and then you end up going to see the most thinker film. <laughs> oh no, pretty heady could. Yes, this is this is a heady ass film, um, and honestly. While I was watching it, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. What? I couldn't stand it. Uh-oh. This is... Did you fail that, feel is, that way? Hold, but... hold on, though. Oh, okay. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm watching the movie. I'm not I'm not enjoying the ride at all. I'm not liking what I'm watching. Uh-oh. The movie ends, and I'm like, what the fuck? Hour and 55 minutes. However, this is a situation where this movie stayed in my brain oh, for like those. the next day and a half, two days. That's how Arrival was for us. Where I just kept thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I really enjoyed that movie. It's a slow burn, huh? Yes, it's really good. It's it's really it's it is some special sci-fi. How do you, how can you not like? Which, by the way, that's already right up my alley. That's the kind of sci-fi I like. like yeah, the Star Trek I TV think what series. It was, honestly, types of sci-fi. I think the big part of it was the fact that. I didn't want to have to think about anything. I didn't. I just wanted some mindless. You monkey. wanted rampage. I wanted a giant monkey destroying buildings. I did not get that. And so wait, I'm gonna, wait, wait. No giant monkeys. There's in annihilation. no giant monkey. Spoilers. Pass. Sorry. Hard pass. Uh, no. So I'm gonna be like while I'm watching this movie. Mm-hmm. There are moments where I'm putting like the armrests up next to me and just kind of laying down, <laughs> and I've got like my my head like rested on yeah. my hand. And well, I already paid for it. I'm 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 fully expecting to fall asleep. But I don't. It keeps my it keeps my attention. Well, that's good. But while I'm watching, like I keep scoffing. That word keeps coming back. <laughs> I keep scoffing off this movie, and then, then the third act happens. Oh yeah. And I suddenly found, I this... suddenly found myself like just on the edge of my seat. Mm. But still, when I walked out, I wasn't thrilled with the experience. Again, it wasn't until I really like thought about it, digested what was going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. When Joel, I can't remember the last time this ever happened where I turned around on a movie. I did a full one eighty on a movie after coming like, out of it. After coming out of it, yeah. like just wow, holy shit! I mean, even the Phantom Menace. It took me two, three years <laughs> to, realize. to realize what I watched was a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but no, this one was the complete opposite, and like at at breakneck speed, where I just went. I'm completely wrong on this. I really liked Good. this movie. So that's a rinse. It's dude. It's go see it as recommend. quickly as you can. Well, I'm sorry. It's not if playing it's, at the Alamo. That's not gonna well. Be okay. Well, maybe. Sorry, uh, that ship has sailed. Maybe go see it in a fucking regular theater once. <sighs> I'll just wait for video, Joe. 
Okay, man. <laughs> no, but, but, but see this fucking movie. Yeah, no, I, I was already sold on it when, uh, again, I, I had heard somebody else review it, and they uh, compared it to Arrival. Not so much from a story standpoint, but in the sense that if you liked Arrival, if you liked that kind of sci-fi... It's definitely it, it's definitely paced along the same lines as Arrival. It's right. very slow. It's a slow burn. Uh, it, it's, it's forcing you to think... Um, just a, a a quick summary. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I'm not gonna spoil a thing about this movie. You better not cut that but part out, Jeff. What you've got is these. Uh, the, something falls from space mm-hmm. and hits. It's a, venom and hits a lighthouse, mm-hmm. and like this thing called a shimmer start, goes up. And uh, what we find out is, and all I'm telling you is what was in the trailer. Natalie Portman's right. husband had been in it, mm-hmm. made Oscar his way Isaac, out. Poe Dameron, uh, and. Now the only way to help him because he's sick and he's dying. The only way to help him is for Natalie Portman now to volunteer She's go to in. go with another team. She's a biologist. She goes in with a couple of other scientists. All women uh, do, right? Yeah, all women, mm-hmm. and they go into this thing to try to discover um, what the cause is and how they can help Poe Dameron. I gotta say, um, having just watched the movie that we watched for today's episode, uh-huh. uh, the trailers look a lot like the third act of of today's movie, Lost in Space. Don't ever where there's a don't. <laughs> Don't, There's a magical dome don't, that we have to go through, don't, and it may or may not send us back in time. God, there may be a giant spider uh, Gary what? Oldman inside. Whoa, whoa, whoa whatever. Way ahead here. Uh, listen, nobody should see the movie we're talking this about. This is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. I'm Joel, and this is where we come to talk about movies. Obviously, mm. sometimes they're good movies, like Annihilation. Sometimes they're bad movies, <laughs> like whatever Lost the in case. <laughs> Whatever the case, we'll watch a movie every week and then come back here and discuss it with each other and with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, the most beautiful podcast listeners and, you know, in the world. I thought I was being clever, Joe, by cho- choosing this. I was like, oh, choo, Netflix, choo, ha- I choo-choo-choose you. <laughs> Netflix has a, a, a resurgence of this show now, uh-huh. um, which I'm, it's getting good reviews, apparently. Yeah. And um, bad reviews. I kind of want to, is it really? Yeah. Uh, it's getting hot reviews. It's what it's getting. Everyone's hot. talking about that robot. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Hot robot, apparently. Uh, have you watched any of I it? I don't yet? get it. Uh, n- no, I don't. But I, I, I had to go look up and see some clips of this robot because I was like, "What makes it so sexy? Like, is it a female robot? Is it a male robot?" Uh, and apparently, it's it's male, right? Huh? But it has a nice ass. Wow. And well, uh, it's it's something that's uh, it's a phenomenon that could not be predicted, not even by Netflix itself. That's in fact, they had a a fun little uh, Twitter campaign where. They were responding to people talking about how hot the robot is, which That's... is brilliant marketing. Yeah. Uh, but, huh. yeah, don't get it. But I am intrigued by it. I hear it's good, and nothing could be worse than the 1998 <laughs> version. So, so I you, thought I was being clever. Tempting, I was like, tempting fate. Hey, here's a, here's a, I remember seeing this in theaters when uh-huh. it came out that So summer. did I. Did you really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, so you must have been swayed then by the, the promise of uh, space battles and uh, yeah. intelligent sci-fi uh, and, and uh, John Hurt. <laughs> or is it, no, it's William. Hurt. I think what I get what confused. drew me to it was Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of Gary Oldman yeah. around that time. I, I True Romance was my introduction to Gary Oldman, mm. and so anything he was in that this the professional like yeah. it, whatever he was, I would I would check it out. Did Matt LeBlanc sway you at all? No, either? You're no. Gonna get to see a friend. In, in this. fact, every time a friend shows up in a movie, <laughs> budding movie uh, career, I, I'm just like, oh please God. And but the thing is about Matt LeBlanc in this movie. Mm-hmm. Half of me, half of me, kind of, half of me thinks that he did a fairly good job in this role, and then there's another half that's like, no. You know the nope, problem? He sure didn't. The problem is that the thing that he was most known for, which was Friends, 
he plays a character. He plays an actor. Yeah. Who is notorious for like taking bad movie and TV roles. Right. And, and so, so it translates to this role. I could not watch this without thinking, oh, there's it's fucking Joey. Joey. Trubiani. <laughs> he's, this is basically Dr. Drake Ramore in space. <laughs> and even at the beginning where he's doing like super serious lines. And, and he's got that famous uh, Friends episode with Gary Oldman. So uh-huh. it's got the two of them coming back. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to break character at a certain point and talk to Phoebe about. Uh, Did he ever establish a character? <laughs> Maybe the whole movie was him breaking his character. He, um, it's weird because is he supposed to be action star or is he comedic relief? I'd... Like he's trying to play both. Also, he's like supposed to be like the dreamy. Um, Joel, this movie doesn't know. This movie doesn't know what it wants anyone to fucking be. No, it doesn't know what the fuck it wants. And to that's be. the problem. And that's why I was disappointed it, back in the day. Um, but I forgot, Joe, how long this movie is. It's over two hours so, long. Apologies to you and anybody listening who who feels like they need to go on. It's on Netflix, by the this way. Is so you ri- can it's ridiculously sleep through long. This too in real time. long for what it's supposed to be. Yes. And far too complicated. Like, and that's they the try problem. to overcomplicate this fucking story. This I I give them credit for trying to like give us to fill a gap where. There was no Star Wars. They tried to give us the Star Warsian, you know, from from what was a hokey TV show. We're yes. opening up, finding out about a resistance and like yeah. the, the, a terrorist group and Matt LeBlanc and his buddy Earth from, is dying from the fucking wire or whatever the hell his it. name is. We're trying to they go <laughs> they go out in these ships, and I'll tell you, man, I get it that you're trying to create the Star Wars universe, but they couldn't have created less marketable fucking merchandise. Yeah. from this movie, like these ships were all fucking. Ugly. They look like the uh, the A wings, yeah. right from uh, Return of the but Jedi, with, but with less structure. Right. <laughs> He's basically sitting in a in a giant bubble. In a giant bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the whole time I'm going, how the fuck did he even get in that? How did he get in it? That's a good point. No one's wearing like space. Gear. It's like a ship in a bottle. It has to be built around him. Yeah. And I mean, how how well can a, a big glass bubble like insulate you from the cold of fucking space? Yeah, yeah you've got a millimeter's worth of uh, material between you and, and the vacuum. Yeah. We saw how that worked in Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out. Yeah, I doesn't. keep calling it Infinity Wars. It's I feel right. like my grandfather. You're like my dad. <laughs> yeah. Gonna go see the Batmans? We're gonna go see the Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> they do have S at the end of that Infinity one. Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, yes. So, I, I, I guess... I give Matt LeBlanc a pass, though. Yeah? Because Matt LeBlanc is far from the worst thing about this movie. Well, that is true. Yes, he is overshadowed by things like, uh, well, the story, uh, the special effects. Uh, we got to take these one at a time, man, because uh, I'm just going to, like, I'm, I'm vomiting my, my hatred for this film. Uh, so, yes, apologies for the length. I don't remember it being this long. Uh, I do remember it being uh, unfulfilling, though. Yeah. It's a lot of empty calories. I, I remember as a kid watching it, I didn't mind it quite so much. Like but the TV n- show? N- no, the the movie. Oh, so when you I, say kid, yeah. When I was a kid, yeah, when dude, we were I'm only, we're 20, 40, we're the same, we're the same 1998. age. 1998, yeah, yeah 20 years. We were kids. Uh, I didn't mind it quite so much. I was like, eh, you know, that was fine. Coming back to it, Mm-mm. it's uh, it's unfathomable to me how <laughs> how anybody watched this movie and went, yeah, it's ready. Let's <laughs> let's roll it out, man. Well, let's start Big going release. through. Let's start doing Burger King merchandising on yeah, this thing. Know, let's right? let's do this. Um, so where do did we you start ever with watch the, the TV? Well, what, no. I want to start with the TV show. No, you never watched the original TV show. I don't think I ever watched it. It was way before so our time. I guess my big question is though. I remember Doctor Smith was a member of the Space Family Robinson. Like mm-hmm. he went with them and. I'm, was he a bad guy in the TV show? And you can't answer my question. Maybe the <laughs> listeners can answer. Was Doctor Smith a bad guy? That may have been a reveal that happened later in the series, but I think from the get go, like he was part of the main cast. And I, I don't think 1960s television was progressive enough to like have a main 
character, main character be a bad be guy. a bad guy. And um, I, I, I think remember at, him running around with Will Robinson. At the most, he was like a coward, yeah. right? Who didn't want to get involved and was always warning people more so than the robot. So already you're taking one of your characters, one of your main characters, mm-hmm. and you're you're twisting it and turning them into the villain. Mm-hmm. Like three times in the course of the film, he's if nothing else. Threatening the life of children. <laughs> he puts a gun to poor little Will Robinson's head. Yeah. Well, first of all, he like psychologically, you know, manipulates. Yes, into well, handing over his firearm. If you want to talk about, first of all, first of all, he he gets onto the ship and tries to reprogram Ro- Robbie the robot to murder to murder the Robinson family. Yeah, just jarring. It's, to I mean, you know, there are other ways to like to halt the mission. Yeah. Also, if this is a, a like. A ship that's supposed to be scouting and like you know colonizing. Mm-hmm. Why do they have a fucking robot that's got all these fucking weapons on him? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I guess for protection, you never know what you're going to run into in space, Joe. As we find out later in the yeah. film. <laughs> bad, bad, bad uh, dire C- straits video spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? So, you, you remember oh the uh, the Tron arcade game? I do. The spider level. They were more realistic. <laughs> Yes, they in were. that film than they were in this, or in that yeah. video game. Yeah. Yeah, the effects. So uh, it's 1998, so we're in a post-Jurassic Park world. Everyone's on the CG bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're coming up on uh, the Phantom Menace Phantom release, Menace. Yeah. and uh, computers are taking over cinema. Um, I feel like quantity over, or quality over quantity would have been the way to go with this film. Sure. I mean, you're already set in space, but you know, uh, spend your money on a couple of money Didn't shots of the ship. did out around the same time as Men in Black? Men in Black, and then also uh, Starship Troopers wasn't Troopers. Too far away. God, I can't say that word without you doing that. But as much as I dislike Men in Black, what that Whoa. is a I don't like Men in Black. Uh, coming soon to an yeah. episode of the I'm enemy. N- I'm not. A huge Are you fan. fucking kidding? Not me? a huge fan of Men in Black, Joe. How many yeah. times have you seen Men in Black? I've seen it two or three times. Not man. that you need to see it more than once to realize that is like a fucking perfect film for you know, me. I enjoyed the one. With, <laughs> Jen is surprised by that. I enjoyed the one with Josh Brolin. The the third one is it the third one? <sighs> okay, so it it dipped way low with part two, I, and then it kind of com- it bounced back, but m- mainly on the performance of Josh Brolin mm-hmm. as a young Tommy Lee Jones. We just fucking nails it, and I think that's when he kind of came back on people's radar. Yeah, and realized he had more well, to that offer. True Grit. Than, he, was, uh, he was kind of awesome in True Grit. That's true, but that was way after. It's wasn't true, it? True Grit. That's True Grit. <laughs> you got to say the whole time. True Grit. True Grit. Uh, okay, so Men in Black. Wow, this, this is surprising to me, Joe. I'm I f- just, I'm just not, I'm not a fucking fan. It's all right, okay. Well, it's coming all soon. Right. Stay tuned um, for our most polarizing episode. I think this this film sets itself up for failure right at the very beginning um, because you've got this resistance thing. You're setting up this resistance mm-hmm. thing. You're also setting up uh, that Doctor or Professor John Robinson mm-hmm. is uh, is trying to colonize because Earth. So. Earth is dying. Yeah. They don't have enough resources. Mm-hmm. So you've got this... Uh, Our recycling programs didn't the, work, Joe, the we ju- learned. What is it called? The Jupiter Federation? It's all or those water bottles you've been tossing into the blue canisters know, are right? for naught. Because God damn. It's Gary too late. Oldman's we started too late. It. That's right. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to find another planet that's habit- habitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but this resistance is trying to stop them. But from operating this hypergate. Because they're building their own hypergate. Yeah. That, so it's like, I don't understand why you have to sabotage one. 
and, and the narration at the beginning, which, by the way, the hokey narration by William Hurt to open the film, yeah, about how oh, you know, we're in a post-war Earth where post-war Earth, we put the, aside our differences, mm-hmm, but came together for fucking the betterment of humanity. William Hurt sleepwalking fucking on this quaaludes fucking in the entire movie, <laughs> and then finally when he wakes up at the end, he's laughable. Well, you know, here's he, the thing: he, he's he one probably of these guys... suffered a concussion because he's ever falling in this movie. <laughs> yes. He is always fucking falling in this movie. He does a thing. Uh, like Called whisper yelling. Uh-huh. We're in the end where he's like, Joey, we have to go. Ins-. But, he, but he's still whispering his lines, but he's gesticulating <laughs> yes. wildly as uh, he does so. So, about six I, minutes. I just realized I called Matt. You called him Joey. Joey. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. About six minutes after this mission launches, like Dr. Smith, he snuck aboard mm-hmm. and he tried to take out, he, he reprogrammed the robot and then he got betrayed by the people that he was trying to work for. Everyone betray him. Everyone betray me. Um, and so he he wakes up he wakes up the the family the Robinson family because the robot starts fucking taking tearing shit apart yeah and Doctor Smith's like fuck I want to live destroy destroy dude uh, you want to talk about a drinking game every time that fucking <laughs> robot says the word destroy before uh-huh. it's smashed before or the someone's act. name uh, yes yes uh, Will Robinson so the uh, so so he wakes up the Robinson family this is like six minutes after the ship is taken off yes for some reason. They can't get shit back online until they're at the fucking sun, and they're like, "Well, fuck it. We need to do like the 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 spin move now, and we yep. got to hit the uh, the hyperdrive mm-hmm. and just let it take us wherever the fuck it takes." We're us. gonna go through the sun, Joe. Uh-huh. Is what they decide to do when they realize yeah. its gravitational pull is too strong. Remember in um, <laughs> remember in the movie Star Sunshine. Wars. Uh, uh, where do I? Where Han Solo explains that they have to map out hyperdrive That's before right. they can hit it because you'll, they you'll, might go through a star. Yeah, you will bounce off something. Yeah, smash into a million pieces. That's a great explanation. Mm-hmm. I don't think hyperdrive allows you. I don't. I don't care how fast it's you're going. It's not a wormhole. I don't think you should just like go through a fucking star. Yeah, I That's, don't think the science checks out on that either. Which mm-hmm. I thought was odd. So instead of just turning the fucking ship around, mm-hmm. no, they can't, uh, and going back to Earth. They uh, they hit the hyperdrive and go through the sun and end up. Uh, That's how they become lost in space because uh, <laughs> they can't control where it's 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 only meant to go one way. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have, I guess the the stargate on the other end to right. to accept your uh, what do they call it? It was like the Jupiter. The Jupiter Two. Yeah, that's the name of the ship. What was the yeah, name of the I, actual fuck, engine? The Hypergate. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, I, so that's how they get lost in space. So they end up outside of a fucking a ship. An old decrepit ship, and they check the old captain logs, and they find out that it's being manned by the guy that, like, Matt LeBlanc was out, saves. you know, that he saves at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's aged. And he's uh, like, well, I'm not going to give up looking for you. Right? And Matt LeBlanc, his, his, his line is like, well, how can he be looking? We've only been gone a day. Yeah, how, how can he, why is he looking for me? Why is he me? looking for me? What's he talking about? So they get on this ship, and it's been terraformed and shit, and that's where the giant spiders show up. Mm-hmm. And attack everybody. They escape the ship. I don't even think there was really a reason for them to fucking go on that there ship. There was no... Okay, so... <laughs> there, there's nothing is gained from them other than the fact that, like, oh, wow, this is something that it, we've we've time-traveled or some shit. And this is the problem with the movie overall, and I'll come back to it several times, which is because it was based on a TV show, they didn't really know how to... It, it was very... It didn't have a singular... Plot. No, it's like we're going to take five different episodes that people liked, I guess, mm-hmm. back from the day, <laughs> and we're going to cram them all into this two-hour-plus movie, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we'll just we're just going to kill them with quantity. Yeah, um, re- there's no through line 
mm-hmm. in this film. Barely. There's, there's, they don't find it until the third act. Exactly. That's when they find the fucking through line. And they don't, they're not really relying on the characters. There's kind of a loose father-son story, which they... they Really cram into the it's last. What, it turns act. into the fucking climax. Like this, mm-hmm. it, but they don't. They don't play. They, no, he doesn't make it to the science fair. It's a series. I mean, of, he's, and then this, and then this. It, that's one of my notes. Oh. This is an and then movie. There you go. Uh, but like, th- William Hurt is fine <laughs> with Will Robinson. Like he he has plenty of moments with him mm-hmm. where they have good father son moments. But it's all like it all leads to this whole like wh- you didn't show him enough love, and now look what's happened that's to him. Right. He's turned to someone else to be his father figure. Um, the uh, the characters themselves. Let's talk about this family. Yes, the, we've talked about William Hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty and, dry. And and part of the thing that bothers me about this movie is that you have a couple of fairly decent actors. Oh, dude. doing horrible work. We've got Heather Graham in here. He- Heather Graham is good. Uh, Mimi Rogers, who I think is a, a really a fine actress. Sure, and other stuff. Um, <laughs> Lacey Chabert. Chabert. Which they they fucking they they did blogging in this movie or vlogging right. before vlogging was a thing. I know. Pre-YouTube. So that, was, that was pretty cool. Impressions. Did Do you think they ADR'd all of her dialogue? No, no, that is Nothing her actual matched. voice. <laughs> oh, 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 you just thought it was a it lipstick just, issue. Yeah, it didn't, say, it didn't seem to match. They may have. Um, I, I wish if they were going to go through that trouble, they would have had somebody else do the dialogue. <laughs> oh, God bless shit. her. She's a fine actress. I like her. I love her in Mean Girls. Like, uh-huh. she, you know, she's she's comedic and she was in Party of Five and that sort of thing. Yeah. She is wholly annoying in this film. Yeah, she's Both her well. character and her, her high-pitched, like, it's like every scene she just sucked on a helium balloon before uh-huh. they started filming. Yeah. And you can't control that. She's fine enough, but she she's supposed to be the preteen angsty child, the problem child, right? Who doesn't want to go and gives up her, her life back home and... Uh-huh. Um, but not not enjoyable to watch. And then we meet the older sister, the Heather Graham character, yes. Judy Robinson. None of these people look who's, alike, though. By the way, like no, they don't We've look like they could be anyone's and brunettes kids. and. Uh, and she's simply there for Matt LeBlanc to look at something. Mm-hmm. She is that is I the would only argue reason the audience as well. The only reason she is in this fucking movie is because Matt LeBlanc or Matt LeBlanc only exists. In the, I don't know. I, obviously, these were all characters from the TV show. I guess, but she does nothing. In this movie, there's a CG fucking monkey in this movie <laughs> that they come across like in the third act. That thing's horrible. There's a CG that does it doesn't do a fucking thing. It, th- this it movie shows was like... up, and you would think like, oh, okay, by the end it's gonna come in and it's gonna fucking like uh, jump on a spider Doctor Smith's face and right. like, kind of buy the Robinsons time to nope. get the fuck it's, out. It's the it, Jar Jar Binks of it this is. film. It doesn't do a thing, and the. Every time you cut to that, there's that fucking monkey, and it does something, and every 100% of the time, you cut away from that monkey to a reaction shot of Heather Graham. Yeah. Every fucking time. I noticed that, too. And she I, doesn't even own it. Like, Lacey Chabert is the one who yeah, uh, ends up adopting it. But it's always like a, a cutaway to Heather Graham going, <laughs> like... <laughs> How cute. It, like, I'm even curious if those were shots from the same scene. <laughs> Probably not. No, they're but, just cutaways. Uh, this movie feels like it was focus grouped, like, within an inch of its life. And, and maybe that was one of the notes. We need more Heather Graham in this film uh, and more monkey. I, I think that this movie should have been uh, where where it fails immediately is the fact that it, it it's supposed to be for families. I get the idea that this movie I think is for kids. Yeah, a little something for everybody. I don't know who this movie's for. No. I mean, because obviously it's 
It's a movie made in, what was it, 1998? 1998. 1998. So at this point, the show was, what, 30, 40 years old? Yes, it about the 60s. So who the fuck is this movie for? The par- yes, parents who it's remember for, it. Who remember Lost in Space, but it's none of it. I mean, it ends with this fucking Charlie's Angels movie style, like, you know, redo of <laughs> the Lost in <laughs> We've got readings on the monitor. Yeah. We got this. Just taking sound we clips got, from yeah, the sound movie clips. Oh, and my remixing God. them. Like a fucking Moby soundtrack. Yeah. With, like, I listened to clips. the entire thing, though. Jesus. That was one of no, I had to turn it the fuck off. Best parts it of the movie. It was driving me at that nuts. Point. Uh, so Arr. I don't know who the movie's for, though. And I guess for me, if I thought this story was going to succeed, mm-hmm. you need to center it around Will Robinson. And it needs to be a story. You need to open the movie up on him, mm-hmm. on Will Robinson, like getting in trouble in school, right. leading to that part where June Lockhart from Lassie and from Lost in Space shows up and she's like talking to his mom or whatever. Um, as the principal. Yeah, as the principal. But it needs to be based more on Will, not on his dad. That's the most uninteresting fucking story. Yeah. So make it about Will. You know, it's almost like make him the Anakin of this movie. Like he, and, <laughs> and, and he is, and but, he, not for, but not for good, for good reasons. reasons. This kid is ever exclaiming like, awesome, uh, yes. cool. Cool. But, but, but literally like, the last like line of the John film. John Oliver. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That was almost my recast for Will Robinson, was yeah. just John Oliver superimposed on a kid's body. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like little man. I don't know who has worse line delivery in this film, that kid, or, or William Hurt. Yeah. When he's, I, I love you, wife. There's literally a line in... They I, fucking have a bed on this ship. They, have a, yeah. they straight up have like a king-size bed with like sure, a, they're a gonna comforter be and stuff. Ten years. They're colonizing a new planet. Yeah. But like a bed on the ship, I'd understand if they had a bed that like they would roll out when they colonized the planet. Oh, you mean just but because like, they're supposed? I to figured be they in were like sleeping. They were supposed the to be in stasis time. the entire time. Nah. So there's a, like there's a scene where where Maureen is like uh, turning the bed down <laughs> yes. for like for Mister Robinson to like come to bed. I'm like, what? What is happening here? The women don't really have much to do, and in fact, during that last act, they're just like damsels in distress that need saving. But they're welding the ship. The, yeah, yes. <laughs> they are They're doing welding. the manual labor. It's like uh, it's like Egypt. <laughs> it's biblical times Egypt. Egypt. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah and, and then when we see uh, spoiler alert near the end when uh, when the shit's hitting the fan, they're the ones who have died and been buried. Like like it's the Oregon Trail of space. Uh-huh. Like we see, come across <laughs> their graves. It's just the three women who uh, uh, they got the vapors. They yeah. died of the vapors. And so that doesn't make any sense either. You got, Dr. Smith comes across those graves and he's like, <gasps> and he comes running after Don't Will. Look. He's like, Will, no. Uh. And then he turns on Will anyway. I was really hoping, and, and yeah, they kind of lead you to think, well, maybe he's going to be a little more three-dimensional than, than just yeah, a... There's some layers to this character. proclaiming himself to be a monster early on. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, if, if this if is happening... you're telling us Then this. there's going to be a turn maybe where, where he kind of redeems himself. Maybe he no, sacrifices himself. He's, he's Chekhov's gunning the, the fact that he turns into a literal <laughs> monster. <laughs> he turns into <laughs> he like... Turns into a monster. So it turns out the spiders turns into the lawnmower man. That they encounter oh yes! <laughs> some, some of the worst, Joe, embarrassing. It's Those so effects bad. are embarrassing. Uh-huh. He's like this um, I don't know, so they're trying to mix like practical effects. They've got a dude in a suit who's like got a big cloak on. Yeah. And the, the idea is that he, he got bit by a spider, right, in the future. Or so in the, in the he's, past. Like, he's like Peter Parker. He's evolved, yes. <laughs> except, except in the wrong way. <laughs> yes. He gets bit by a spider and turns into a spider Man, yeah, <laughs> Doesn't, can't even fly or uh, no, has no spidey sense. No, spin, he can't spin a web. Mm-mm. He's just 
kind of clickety clackety. But then his his head is like a floating head because they've obviously like CG'd. Yeah, Gary Oldman's. This may have been like some of the earliest mocap actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, his head is like floating in that black hole where a face would be. Yeah. on the practical puppet. Uh, and it's not very convincing. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, like he takes the cloak off for the yeah. big reveal and, and to he, see that he's a spider, and he turns into one of the dark overlords of the universe from <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> what this looks like. You know what? You know what? You mentioned Men in Black. I believe Men in Black also came out in 1998 as that's well. That's why I'm saying I think this movie came out the same time as Men in Black. I and think it, you're even right. though I didn't like Men in Black, the fucking effects in that movie much better were way better. In fact, there's a bug at the end. Yeah, Men in Black. Wow, I, this is. No, 1997. So oh, it predates. So it came it. out before Lost in Space. <laughs> yeah, they they either needed to raise the budget, the FX budget, or or um, I, I wonder if a lot of the budget went to Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> he was the one that was demanding Graham. demanding that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the ship ultimately we talked about this. It, it crash lands on this planet, and there's like some kind of a weird bubble field mm-hmm. that. And so they decide to go in there. They need to go. Maybe that the source of that radiation, mm-hmm. they could find another hyperdrive core that they could put in the ship. And boy, do they. <laughs> how convenient. I know. Nobody could have seen that coming. <laughs> I love how, how even even when Matt LeBlanc, I'm just going to call him Matt LeBlanc. That's fine. What is his name? Don General West. Don Major Don, Don West. West. That's right. Even when he's faced with uh, insurmountable evidence that you know there's time travel involved, is is still just finding it hard to wrap his his monkey brain around. You guys are crazy. Like I called it um, immediately. <laughs> I was trying to do his face, Bobby De Niro. Uh, I called him immediately earlier on when the, the guy who he saved at the beginning, yeah. they come across the ship that was looking for them, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, why are they looking for us a day?" I- that sh- that should have been yeah. You've traveled in the future, just man. Following along logically, <laughs> and piece piece the pieces together. Too busy getting my dick wet. Yeah, Ooh. trying to get with Heather. Oh, wow. So yeah. So Jen and I are watching this, and what we're like fifteen minutes in. They they haven't even left yet, and yeah. he's finally introduced to the Heather it's Graham. Like, that's character. a cold fish. I'd like to thaw. Yes. <laughs> How inappropriate is that? And I, and I know, I know. And William Hurt just like, yeah, giving no indication that it's his daughter. Right. But Googling. then she turns around, she's like, Dad, I'm going to be late for dinner. And then he just like gives him a look Awkward. and walks away. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's, that's you much still emoting. want this guy to fucking pilot your yeah, ship? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, 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 inappropriate. Uh, but okay, so they, they land, and this is where, this is my big problem with fucking movies that have this time travel element. Mm-mm. Like, because if you're going to put something like this together, it better be super fucking smart. Like, it, at least Looper level smart. And Looper kind of drops the ball a little bit. What? Looper drops the ball a little bit. Mm. Just a, a, a little bit. Just because if you th- you go to the logic of Bruce Willis has come back to the past right. to take out this little boy. Right. And he has to go up against his, his past version his of younger himself. younger self. Like, the moment... The moment that uh, what's his name Joseph Gordon Levitt kills himself, mm-hmm. it should. Whoa! Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys, guys. If you haven't seen Looper, the the please see it. Reality should just fold in on itself because those people would you would those people would never be where they are mm-hmm. because Bruce Willis would never have been chasing them because they never would have gotten to this point. It he never would have been alive long to get to them to that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it wasn't until that moment that the loop was closed. Okay, but time is you right. Know. Well, and you and I were having this conversation. Yeah. Like, there are some movies like Back to the Future where they they wholly realize, all right, there's multiple timelines, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can be living one and then go back and alter it, and now you've made another timeline, right? And then there's movies like 
well, I don't want to say that one because I'm going to spoil it. But the one we were talking about outside. Yes, gotcha. And I guess this, where it's like, no, time is a loop. And if it, uh, Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. You hear about Bill and Ted 3? <laughs> Bill and Ted 3, I'm so excited it's for official. it. It's official. I, so I am great. unreasonably excited for a Bill and Ted 3. Even with how Bill and, Bill and Ted 2 was. That's right, which was not good. No. No. <laughs> it was not. And no George Carlin. There won't be a George Carlin. No Rufus. You think maybe they'll, they'll uh, see John. CGI Rufus? I, I mean, they did it with Carrie Fisher. Why the fuck not? Uh, all right. So, I'm excited. So, but this annoys the piss out of me because the moment that Will and Dr. Smith followed Don West and and John Robinson into the, the, the bubble. time vortex, the bubble, mm-hmm. like that should have completely erased Will Robinson like growing up with like a, a grudge and Dr. Smith being a big giant uh, spider monster. It should have erased that well, because they have now gone into the thing. But he hasn't they made face, the choice yet. They face their future selves. Mm-hmm. Also, when fucking monster Dr. Smith takes regular Dr. Smith and fucking just throws him, like practically killing him, wouldn't you be like, that's that's yeah, me. I need to I preserve myself. I probably shouldn't kill him because then I'll disappear Marty McFly style. Well, I guess... They probably shouldn't touch each other if we're going by time copies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, do, did you notice that, though? There's like a throwaway line in there. Oh, that's why I modified this space, whatever. So that is what allows us matter to be in the same space next oh, to each other. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I don't, do not blame you for missing that <laughs> I line. missed that line. It's all right. Uh, so that, that bothers me about these movies. I feel like not enough thought goes into it. And definitely in this movie, not enough thought went into it for my taste. Mm-hmm. And so the time bubble collapses. Mm-hmm. Will and Dr. Smith and, uh, and another Robbie the Robot <laughs> That's right. make their way to the ship, but the time bubble collapses. Older Will, mm-hmm. who is played by Jared fucking Harris. Which is weird. <laughs> like, I, looking at that little doe-eyed kid, like, there's no way he grows up. To, he grows up. First of all, Jer- Jared Harris, who has looks, the thickest Irish accent, so they had to get do yeah, an alternate voiceover for obviously him. Obviously not his voice yeah. coming out of that body. Holy God. Like, I totally forgot that was him. And also looking as old as William Hurt. Yes. So it's weird that he would have aged 50 years in, what, two decades. Yeah. Um, guys, by the way, if you mm. don't know, if you happen to not know who Jared Harris is, uh, the quickest thing I can think of is the sequel to the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, he's Moriarty. He plays Moriarty. That's right. Uh, he's a fantastic actor. He's so fucking good. Uh, but yeah, sure, <laughs> he has, he has such a thick Irish accent. Yeah. What else it's, do we know him from? I, I, I know he was in Far and Away. Oh, curious case of Benjamin Button. Oh, there we go. I know I've seen him in other things. So Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. I guess that's it. Yes. <laughs> You're, you're welcome. The end. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, I couldn't buy it. Like the moment I saw him, I was like, no, 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 that's not, this is not how this works. Uh, I don't believe for a, for a minute, even with the relationship that was set up between Will and his father in this mm-hmm. movie, that Will at some point would just be like, well, he was a father to me. Right. Dr. Smith was a father. Like you knew Dr. Smith was a villain this entire movie. He keeps telling you over yeah. and over again. This entire he pulled a story. gun on you. Do you remember that when you were and a he, child? He's like, did you? So you said the spiders came back yeah. and they killed my mother and sisters. He's like, like really? You bought that? And, and also, it took him 20 years to realize, hey, wh- where are the spiders? How yeah. come they never came back? Like, but, he never had... Hey, this, this Spider-Man may have been, you know, <laughs> lying to me. This big spider monster. Uh, I can't believe that he would possibly be untruthful. And also, uh, so the premise then when we're at that big climax is um, that young Will has now grown up uh, and he's rebuilt... The, this this time machine. He had a concept yeah. for the flux capacitor when he uh-huh. was a kid, yeah. and now he's been able to realize it using his father's engine or whatever that was supposed to send them back in time. Whatever. Right. Um, so he's got this portal, 
and they could have sent uh, the sent original him back plan to any point. In they could any, have sent William Hurt back to any point. And that's what they were going to do. They were going to go back to Earth and stop the mission from ever happening. Uh-huh. And I thought that's kind of where this film was going to go, right? Right. We'll go back to the beginning. We'll see it happen. We'll, they'll catch Dr. Smith before he's able to reprogram, and, yeah. and everything will be saved. No. Uh, but instead, uh, that's the other thing. So they throw a line in there to remove that as a possibility by saying, well, what if, what if um, it collapses the Earth? You know, because yeah. of the space-time continuum, yes. it's not able to... So so we conveniently write that out as an option. And it's like, well, who cares? Earth is dying anyway. Exactly. It's, it's worth the risk <laughs> right. to stop to, so that this mission can succeed. Uh, so what they ultimately end up doing, because we kind of have like a, 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 a false ending where, uh-huh. you know, we get to see the... Where the Jupiter 2 gets destroyed. Yeah, where they're not able to, to get out. The, the gra- Again, <laughs> gravity is a bitch in this film. It's yes. sucking everything down into it. And we see uh, the whole Robinson family and Matt yeah, LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and so they decide, all right, well, <laughs> in an act of heroism, I yeah. guess, yeah. he decides to send his father, old Will, Sends his father. You can send him anywhere at anyway, any time. Sends him to two minutes before the ship is destroyed. <laughs> that he saw with his own eyes. That doesn't seem like the smartest plan. No. Because it's not a sure, now it's not you're a sure win. Now this ship that's about to... Now what? Yes, you re- reunited him with his family so that they can all perish they can all together. Die together. That's very sweet. That's, the reason they didn't send him back anywhere else is because they couldn't afford to have two William Hurts. <laughs> at any point in any timeline. I think it's, uh, we can't set it up for a sequel, Joe, no. is the yeah. real reason. That's true. Because uh, this sh- this movie is way too confident, has way too that much it faith was, in itself. That it was going to have more, oh my God. It's going to capture the hearts and minds of uh, but, moviegoers. But then, like, the, the fact that John Robinson shows back up in the ship and mm-hmm. he's like, come with me. Like, could you imagine, <laughs> like, old Will Robinson just running around, like, with a younger version of himself? Uh-huh. Like, all, all this kid, this kid is just going to look at his future self and go, oh, shit. He looks really confused, that's too. That's what I'm going to look like. Like, every, even Lacey Chabert is like, oh, my God, that's that's my younger brother. He's he's in the future. The kid just, like, has a, a deer in headlights look. He's like, hey, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows back, William Hurt shows back up on the ship. Yep. And they strap themselves in. and get, Like, they've already spent 20 minutes, like, hugging each other and come with it. Like... At this point, they should have already taken off because they had to take off before in the that, in the, the, good point. the other timeline. Yeah, a little so they fast they, and loose they take with that. off, and the fucking answer to to getting to avoid getting destroyed mm-hmm. is the same thing they did with the fucking hey, sun. Works so well in the first act. Go through through the planet <laughs> core as the planet is breaking up, which is a mighty gamble to make. Yeah, because that we'll find a way through to the other side easily. Yeah, just uh, run into a dead end. And um. Don't you think that does something to people, like, to go through, like, a gravitational pull to go all the way through a Joe, planet core? And I didn't see, like, any side? lava. Like, you know, I'm, I'm no geologist, but from what we know about our own planet Earth yeah. is that uh, just miles beneath, there's, Tectonic like, a, activity it's a molten and... core, and uh, there's even some, some speculation that it's, like, solid, like, you know, metal down there. Yeah. It's not going to really break apart the way it does in movies. <laughs> yeah, but, but, no, they're able to... They know in they, the future. They, they fly right through. They, they know They fly up. all yeah. the way through. They fly like, up a waterfall. William William Hurt's like, no, go through there. Like, they, <laughs> they pull, they're pulling this... Like, like, like Firefly, where they're yeah. trying to—they're going at the end of the uh, at the end of the movie. They're going back to Miranda. Well, that's the type of uh, <laughs> sci-fi film. This is not Annihilation. Mm-mm. This is not a a, a heady Star Trek uh, type of, of film. It, it'll annihilate two hours of your life. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, and and you know, I, I know immediately that it's that type of sci-fi film because they—the worst thing that always happens 
anytime there's like a door that needs to be, you know, busted through or, or opened, oh, we can't get the code, we can't get the code. Well, let's just get a gun out and blow and it just up. Blow it up. Because everybody knows that that's how, uh, how, oh, how sure. computers work. Yeah. Like, then when they, like, all bets are off, everything opens up when, mm-hmm. you, when you destroy when you, it. When you, well, we learned that in Star Wars. And I'm okay, I'll, exactly, give, that, I'll give that true. a pass. But, but they do it several times, like the, the way that they get uh, Heather Graham. And the fact that, like, most of the people on the ship are scientists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's, there's not a smarter way you can think yourself out of it. It all just devolves. Well, just smash the controls. Smash like the, the door. Smash the controls. Exactly. Let the robot do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it, it, and it's, it is funny that it's the scientists that are like, blast through it. Yes. What? Are you fi- Like, seriously? Uh, yeah. So this uh, this was not a fun ride. This, this no. felt this felt like uh, a, like Wing Commander. Did you ever see that Wing Commander movie? Mm, I did not. In fact, I played Com- the game. The Wing Commander movie did the same thing that this movie did when they went into hyperdrive, Uh-oh. and like suddenly everybody was like frozen. Oh yes, did you like that? Like that was <laughs> it was post early Matrix. bullet time. It's exactly what they were doing. They, everyone was in love with that special effect, and so we get to see time stopping and everyone kind of flying through the air yes. and a not very convincing special effect. I just wanted to see the moment after they got into like regular speed again when they when the hyperdrive was everyone done. Everyone just flies out. <laughs> yes. Hits Will, and... Will and his dad like uh. <laughs> <laughs> Heather Graham <sighs> flying up into the sky like yeah. all that splat. Yeah. I'd like to see that monkey die actually. Dude seriously. They didn't, is, it didn't do anything. It was horrific looking. <laughs> didn't Horrible do design. anything. Do you remember when Cheerios uh, made those commercials maybe about 10 years ago where they, they decided they need like a, a mascot? Was it Cheerios? I thought it was a bee. Yeah, they had the bee. It was some morning cereal where they had this like manic looking monster that would come out and, and try to eat all of your cereal. <laughs> what? I thought it was Cheerios. Yeah, I gotta look that thing up because that's what this thing looks like. Just giant bug eyes. I know that the Kauki Crisp. The the burglar and his dog. No, this was this was this was Sugar again Bear. when computer effects were were making their way into TV commercials. Oh, no, I don't remember. Oh, man, that. I'm gonna find a go to our Facebook page, listeners. I'm gonna find a picture of this commercial, this horrific serial. Jesus, it looks just like that. It looks just like this movie. Just as convincing. <laughs> so, do you have any other, uh, <sighs> any other notes for this? No, the family is annoying. Um, the children they're are not annoying. sympathetic. There's really very not little sympathetic. You get about no them. character development. I can't believe anybody. I can't believe Mimi Rogers read this script and was like, "Okay, this is my comeback. This is what I'll do. <laughs> this I'll do. I'll do this movie." Uh, I mean, obviously, these people thought that this was a franchise in the making. Oh yeah. Oh, it, that cliffhanger. Well, it's not really a cliffhanger ending. How did the, they engage the hyperdrive? Because they didn't bring the the core, the no, hyperdrive but, core, back but with they, them. They still had the what? Oh no, that's right. They didn't bring it back with them. So how did they reengage the hyperdrive? That's right, because the whole reason they landed on that planet yeah, was, was because it because was damaged. They, yeah, they damaged the hyperdrive. And that's why they were going into the bubble to uh-huh. get the other... Yeah. Did it? Co- so how did they... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know why I didn't pick up on that initially. <laughs> but yes, we get to the end, and it's like, oh, we found the planet. It's off. Engage! <laughs> and little Will Robinson says, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. And cut to... <laughs> little John Oliver. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was clearly setting up uh, much like Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> like now we're taking the fight be the best. to them. It'd be the best if like in two years we get the sequel to this movie. <laughs> nope, still lost in space. I hear the TV show is good though. Like or, that or, they've uh, been lost in space for like fifteen twenty years. <laughs> Do a crossover with the uh, the current lost. <laughs> Jared in space. Harris can come back. <laughs> <laughs> Actual voice this time. I though. didn't fix anything. Oh, <laughs> it's it's no. just him alone in a ship. 
<laughs> it's Moon. Okay. It's just Moon yes. with Jared Harris. Oh, that's bleak. <laughs> wow, spoiling another movie yet, Joe, on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, man. I mean, so hopefully only you haven't seen old. Looper. Or, or Moon. Moon, or what was the other film that you spoiled at the beginning? Uh, I don't know. All right. I don't remember. Spoilerific episode we've, of the editing. You know, we've, we've talked so much. We've gone on such a journey here with Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, it's nice to see that CDs, optical discs, will still be in use <laughs> in the year 2058. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that... Uh, Who could foresee thumb drives? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I guess uh, little Will Robinson mm. was is, like... So he's a technical genius. Yeah. He's able to reprogram robots. He's able to reprogram robots. He's able to... time machines. He creates a whole, like, unique and original visual display on how to, like, control a robot. Like, he he Pacific Rims himself into Robbie <laughs> the Robot. Yeah, he does. And is like, he's helping... He's like, I'm with you, Dad. And, and he's, like, destroying these spiders and stuff. He, I'm sure he could come up with something useful to, like, help them... Fix the ship, or but instead, nope. They they do. He just kind of he wanders around in this movie. He hands firearms to the bad guy. Yeah, that's his big turning. None of the uh, so Judy Robinson, like, none of the Robinson family does anything. Yeah, they're just along of for the substance. Ride. They're lost yeah. in space, Joe. No, that's fine that you could be lost, but <laughs> I've the show Lost had several characters that had very unique and profound effects on each other and the story. Yeah. This is a fa- that that show had probably a cast of what two dozen dozens yes yeah whereas this one is just it's six seven people and none of them do anything that helps propel the story forward. But how about that undeniable sexual chemistry between Heather Graham and Matt LeBlanc? Yeah, man. Uh, that I think they were playing the up end. the sexual chemistry between Heather Graham and the monkey. <laughs> it was a little bit more <laughs> those of that. cutaways. Um, yeah, so. Uh, there you go. That's Lost in Space. That is. I it's... don't recommend this film. No, I am so sorry that I made both of us watch this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made for a good episode. I hope, listener, I... <laughs> uh, we've saved you from being lost in space. In but space. check out the new Netflix series. <laughs> what? You haven't watched it yet. No, I haven't. Don't recommend this because it, it could be, be shit. It has Parker Posey. All right, already. It's better than... Uh, <laughs> Who's Parker Posey She's playing? the Gary Oldman character. She's Dr. Smith? Do a little gender swapping. Well, that's kind Spoiler of Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You've completely spoiled She's it. She's got a fuckable robot, apparently, with a nice ass. Named Parker Posey. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, what did Lost in Space do right? Mm, it ended. <laughs> That's what it did right. No, um, it had something. You go first, Joe. What did it do right? I, I, I need to think about this. I think what this movie did right was it, it at least gave us... A, like a popcorn science fiction film mm-hmm. that when we needed one kind of the most, uh, we, we hadn't had a space adventure movie yeah. like this. It quenched uh, the thirst. And so, well, it didn't quite succeed in quenching the thirst, <laughs> but I guess I, I, what it did right was its intentions, <laughs> its intentions to give us kind of a, a, a deeper, they, they tried to take lost in space and their idea was to take this old TV show and give us like a swashbuckling Star Wars kind of adventure movie, but they failed at every turn. Yeah. But their intentions, I think, were good. That's about the best I think this movie. It's did. got Gary Oldman. It's got Gary Oldman. He's not horrible in his scenes, but he's not good. No, like usually Gary Oldman will elevate the material, mm-hmm. and he doesn't in this movie. Well, the lines he's given to 
he, he, he's he's like, he's why like, the fuck is he meeting like in a holodeck with a guy in a desert? Yeah, like you're already you're you're calling a guy. All right, <laughs> you're calling a guy to make up plans for like to get payment for sabotaging. Yeah, we shit. do need to go to the oasis. If you're going into a hologram of a desert, you're still physically in that room. Mm-hmm. So. Putting yourself in a fucking desert, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you put yourself. Joe, it's symbolic of the desolation that he feels. Of smog. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think the movie that did like holograms right mm-hmm. is Winter Soldier. I, I I enjoyed the way that they did the whole hologram thing, mm-hmm. even though I thought it was silly that holograms they had real chairs they had there to sit in chairs for holograms. <laughs> like that's still a little goofy, but uh, but like yeah, why they were in a desert? It's it just. They had a green screen. They wanted to play with it, mm-hmm. and this is what we could use it for. Ah, it made no sense. I'll tell you what this movie did right. Okay, it was somewhat entertaining. The, the aforementioned robot, um, because that's what everybody remembers from the old sixties. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Like I know nothing about that show, but I know that line. Sure. Uh, it's nice when when young Will like takes over. Be, you know, becomes a little remote control toy, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, and you hear the robot in that like Optimus Prime voice saying things like, "Mom wants us to get back to the ship." <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. He's a child. How about when the, the robot future version of Robbie the robot was having like a crisis of conscience? Yeah. And yes. It, and it's like, friend, <laughs> friend, I will take away restraining bolts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I was waiting for like a Scott Pilgrim, like robot has earned the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did uh, what did Lost in Space do wrong? Jesus, Joe. Yeah. Um, I mean, like overall, it's not having a coherent story going yeah. all the way through. This uh-huh. was very obviously a uh, we need to grab that episode. We need to have them f- find a ship. We need some. We need an action scene where they're being chased by uh, space spiders. Uh-huh. Uh, we need uh, you know a forced love story. We need this whole time travel thing. We need to set up all these things. We spend way too much time on Earth at yeah. the beginning. Like uh-huh. I'm, I was like 50 minutes in. I'm like, when do they fucking get lost already? Please, right. I'm lost. I'm lost. Yeah. Um, pick one of those storylines mm-hmm. and do something with it. Sure. If you really have that much faith that you're, you're going to make a franchise out of this, save it for the sequel. Mm-hmm. We don't need to blow your load all in the first movie. Right. So way too many storylines. I think what this movie did wrong. I I agree with you. There's way too much going on. There's no cohesion. Uh, it, it didn't know what it wanted to be, and it didn't know what it wanted its characters to be. And you can't expect an audience to sit down for two-plus hours of a movie and engage with characters that don't know what their purpose is, that don't, know, that don't have a clear motivation. Uh, that wh- Who is this movie for? I'm going to keep asking this question. Yeah. Who is this movie for? Because that that question is never answered throughout the course of this film. There is no audience for this movie because if it's for adults, you're you're moderning it up too much. If it's for kids, you got people spouting shit and and like <laughs> right. there's there's a little too much like bad language going on in this movie. There's mm-hmm. a little too much scary violence going on in this movie. Uh, and sexual it, innuendo. Sexual innuendo. It's it gets a little too. Like overly, it gets so overly complicated. It doesn't understand what it's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's um, it's incompetent. It's it's a very incompetent film, and for that, there's no excuse and no forgiveness. Very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So if we were going to remake Lost in Space, there we go, uh, and and try to stay away from the casting of the Netflix series, how would we remake that today? I've recast seven. I've got the family. I've got the doctor. I've got. 
Major Don West. Okay, I've got the family. I've got the doctor. I've got Don West. I've got the older version of Will. Oh, and I have a uh, Robbie the robot. No, oh, you've got a voice for the robot. Yeah, let's start there. Who's your voice? Of- I did two casts for this. Okay, uh, I did the Marvel cast. Oh no, and I did the DC cast. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, obviously, my directors. Okay. Of the the Marvel version, Russo brothers, the Russo brothers, of, of course. course. No uh, the voice of Robbie the robot. <laughs> he was already Jarvis, Paul Bettany. Oh, uh, interesting. Give him a little accent. We're gonna do. Uh, let's start with uh, let's Judy Robinson, mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana. Oh, Penny Robinson, Pam Clementif. She is Mantis. Oh yes, or, or Palm Clementif. So are they sorry. related? No, yeah, is yeah, this an yeah, actual they family? They are. It's like an Angelina Jolie, uh-huh. Best of Nations yeah, 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 yeah. family. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm about to. About to get into it oh, here. Oh, uh, John Ro- Professor John Robinson, played by Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Uh, Doctor Maureen Robinson, played oh. by Denai Guerrera. Oh, who is from uh, uh, the Black Panther? Yes. Uh, oh, I see what you're doing. There. She uh, she then also they give birth to Will Robinson, played by Tom Holland. <laughs> Future Will Robinson, played by Chris Pratt. Yeah, nice. Uh, Major Don West, played by Chris Hemsworth. Uh, uh, nice. I think that's all for my uh, for my Marvel cast. Oh, I like that. My DC cast. Okay. Directed by Zack Snyder. Of course. Don West. It's going to be Ray Fisher. It's the guy who plays Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck as John <laughs> Robinson. Uh, Di- Diane Lane as Maureen Robinson. Oh. Uh, Will Robinson, played by Ezra Miller. Of course. Penny Robinson, played by Gal Gadot. Yeah. Judy Robinson, played by Amy Adams. Dr. Smith oh, would be yeah. Henry Cavill. Oh. Uh, older, oh, interesting. Older Will Robinson would be Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> and That's Robbie great. the Robot, voiced by Jeremy Irons. Uh, oh, yes, because he is, uh, I was going to say Arthur. What's, his, what's, uh, what's the, he's other, tra- he's, uh, the, the other he's butler? He's Alfred. Alfred, thank you. Alfred. Yeah. I like that. There you go. Yeah, very clever. Uh-huh. I uh, think so. I did not do that. Uh, my my recast. <laughs> I did better. My recast. No, my recast. Uh, courtesy of Jenna. So thank you, Jenna, for doing this. Thank you, this. Jenna. Uh, but I will supply the voice of uh, Robbie the Robot. I mentioned uh, Optimus Prime earlier. How about I just get Peter Cohen to be the robot? Nice. Let's roll out. <laughs> Robinson family. <laughs> Let's roll out. Doctor Smith. How about we do Bradley Whitford? Give me your that. face. So yes. You can kind of play a dual yeah. role. Get to be a bad guy. Get to be Spider Man in the end. Major Don West. How about James Franco? It can be kind of wise cracking and uh, yes. ace pilot James we're, Franco. We're hiring uh, sex criminals. <laughs> Will Robinson, uh, Jacob Tremley, kid okay. from Room. Sure. Enjoy him. Penny Robinson. How about Eleven from Stranger Things? Hey, Millie Bobby Brown. All right. Pretty great. She's not Every little step I take. nearly as annoying. <laughs> Other Bobby Brown. <laughs> Judy Robinson. How about uh, Brie Larson in that That's role? That's great. That's good. Maureen Robinson. Colby Smulders. Oh, yeah. And, of course, she's the mother, and she'll be married to Brian Cranston as John Robinson. Oh, nice. Saving his son in the future. There's my recast. That's really good. No director for me. No director. No diggity. Guys, if you have any thoughts about Lost in Space, if mm. you have thoughts about how you would recast it, um, if there was something you liked about this movie, <laughs> yes. please share it with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Editing Bay, or in the search function, put in The Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes and uh, click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us. And if you have a movie you'd like for us to, uh, to consider watching and talking about in the future... You could send your suggestions there. We've also got a website, right, Joe? Sure do. It's not the edit bay. It's not editing. No, it is editing bay. Damn, I fuck it up every time. It's not the edit bay. You've just started redoing, like, started doing this again, too. (laughs) Because I was so confident that I could do it, and here I am. Uh, It's just editingbay.com. How about that? Editingbay.com. Go there, bookmark it. You'll always uh, be able to find all things related to editing bay. A little link to our Facebook page and also our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. Please follow us there. You're always going to know the first movie. 
or uh, the first, the very first movie. You're always going to know what movie we're talking about next week. Uh, in fact, by this time, you already know. You're probably a couple of weeks ahead. I mean, we've teased it, unless you cut that part out. No, I did not. Uh, but we've already we already teased it on this episode. But it's only uh, <laughs> if you're on Twitter. Do you know what movie we're talking about right now? Twitter. Do until you we know? mention it in five minutes. Cool. Uh, EditingBay.com. All right. Um, guys, please uh, leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. Uh, it's very easy. You're probably already using it right now to listen to this podcast, but uh, if you go whoa. ahead and in the search... Whoa. That's some time warp shit. In the, uh, leave a reminder <laughs> to leave a, a feedback and a review for the editing bay. Uh, no, go ahead and uh, enter the editing bay in that search line and uh, tap on our icon, and that's where you can leave us a rating and a review. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And let us know what you like about the show, and then share it with your friends. All right, so next week, mm. we're going to dive back in to an uh, old TV show yeah. that's been turned into a movie. Ooh, uh, with... another sci-fi show, maybe? No. No? No. Well. No, 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 no. Um, you know, just recently, uh, a show called Supernatural did a crossover with a Hanna-Barbera property oh, no. called Scooby-Doo. They, it was called what? Scooby Natural. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. And How I did they do that? I still haven't watched it, but they did. it was an animated episode where they put the cast of Supernatural in a Scooby-Doo episode, basically. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're at that point in the series now. Huh? Yeah. Have they had a music? Oh, dude, they were at that point in like season two. Have they already had a musical episode uh-huh, of yeah. uh, Supernatural? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It, is there a baby or child there, now? There have been several. Played by young Leonardo DiCaprio there have or been something? several. Have there really? They're getting ready to hit, hit what, uh, season 14? Oh my god! Yeah, dude. What sh- is a CW still? CW. Wow, I can't yeah. believe it's still going on. I can. Is it's it just a as good? Show. Is it? You know what? When you got into like seasons, <laughs> it's a yes or no question. Joe. Season seven, <laughs> like seasons six, seven, eight. <laughs> like there was a good three, four do, seasons that were like the machete. Ay ay ay! Like that wasn't mm. the best, but then it kind of got back on track, and mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> around season eleven, it dude. Really I'll tell you what, dude. A up. show doesn't stick around for fourteen years because it's shitty. Yeah, uh, Simpsons. It depends on who you talk to. I'm not a big Simpsons fan either. I'm not either. Um, All right. So all this to say, (laughs) uh, in 2002, there was a live action Scooby-Doo movie uh, that uh, I would love to talk about. This one has been on my personal list for a while. You've seen this, though. Uh, I have seen it several times. What? I'm. Uh I I am a connoisseur. Is this like a you're the hunter of the future? Raja Gosnell Scooby-Doo movies. Interesting. Um, You've seen the sequel, though? I have Monsters Unleashed. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes, I have. I don't know what to think about this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out in just a few minutes, you and I. Wow. Hey, for you guys, Time loop. you're going to have to wait until next week. Until the year 2058. Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Guys, we'll see you next week for Scooby-Doo. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.